Hey there, welcome to the Crownites Insider Podcast. My name is Sean Barnemenev, and I am your host, and I am very, very grateful that you have chosen to join us this evening on the podcast. Tonight, we have a wonderful episode for you. We have an interview with Lavik Jacobson of Expand 770. What is Expand 770, you may ask? If you have not seen the flyers and website ads and brochures that were handed around, Expand 770 is very simply a movement that's trying to make our community aware of our obligation to and our responsibility to and the potential to expand 770 into the place, into the physical location that the Arab always intended it to be. I learned a lot about the history of 770. I learned a lot about what expanding 770 meant to the Rebbe over the years. And I also had some questions answered because, you know, when somebody tells you that they want to expand 770, it's very easy to think of a thousand different reasons why it's not possible and how it won't work. And my brain went there too. So I asked Levit these questions and he had some pretty good answers, I think. So looking forward to sharing that interview with you just in a moment. Before we get there, just wanted to once again remind everyone to subscribe to the podcast, to like the podcast, to share the podcast with your friends, with your family. Um, your support is what got us here and your support will be what gets us to the next level that will bring the Crimes Insider to a level that can hopefully make some real change and some real positive impacts in our community. So thank you to those who have already subscribed. Thank you to those who are already listening. Thank you to those who are already sharing the podcast. As always, you can always send your questions, comments, and concerns to podcast at Info. Um, I'm on the other end of the email address, so you're talking to me. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you have ideas for who you'd like to hear on the show, for the format of the show, we are all ears. And if you send in a question or a comment for a guest that you would like answered, we will Emirates Hashem be doing a wrap-up episode after the end of season one, featuring your comments and questions and responses from the guests we were able to get to come on and answer those questions. So with all that out of the way, and without much further ado, please enjoy Levi Jacobson of Expand 770. Joining us on the Cronites Insider podcast is Levi Jacobson. Levi Jacobson is, I don't know what to call you, the founder, the CEO, the director, the head highest officer of Expand 770, a movement that is seeking to galvanize the community to just Expand 770. That's simple. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me here. Thanks for coming on. So... People have been seeing over the last, it's been a year now that I think you've been put, that you've been involved in pushing this. So it's actually been more like five months since we started the Expand 770 organization. Time flies. Okay. So yeah. it, it feels like longer. And Expand 770, how would you describe its mission? The mission of Expand 770 is to inspire every single Lubavitcher, starting with Lubavitch, but as well as every Yid to get involved in helping promote and encourage the expansion of 770. This is something that the Rebbe gave each and every one of us the mission to participate in this project. The Rebbe in Kuntish Beis Rabbeinu Shabbat explains how 770 is the Beis HaMikdash of our time, Beis HaMikdash in Galus, and that expanding 770 is the same thing as building the Beis HaMikdash. And just like every single Jew has an obligation to help build the Beis HaMikdash, 
every single Jew has an obligation to help build 770, expand 770. To go a little deeper into that, what would you say to a person who says, 770, it's beautiful, but it's just a shul. How are you comparing this to building the base of Mikdash? Okay, so in Kuntz Beis Rabbeinu it's actually, it's a beautiful sicha, and whoever didn't uh, learn it should really take a little bit of time and learn it. There are, are also many resources available to learn the sicha. You can go to expand770.com, and over there we have links to many different Magideh Shiorim who gave beautiful Shiorim in this sicha. It's a sicha that's based on a Gemara in Masech Megillah, Daf Chavtes Aleph, where the Gemara speaks about Hashem, that He loves us so much that He's always with us. Even in Golis, He's always with us. And then the Gemara asks, okay, but where? Where in Golis is He with us? And the Gemara says a specific shul. It says two shuls in, that were in Bavel. But then the Gemara says, but not to say that He's in both shuls at the same time. Sometimes He's in this shul, and sometimes He's in the other shul. And the Rebbe points out that the fact that there's a specific place where that's where Hashem is in Bavel, this shows us that even though every shul is a mikdash ma'at, but still there is always one main shul that is the main mikdash ma'at. And the Rebbe also brings a marasha that says it very clearly that there, that there is a main substitute of the Beis HaMikdash in Galus. And then the Rebbe explains that because 770 is the place that the Friedrich Rebbe came and spent his last 10 years in this world, in this shul. This is where the Shekhinah moved. This is, where, this is the substitute of the Beis HaMikdash because he, the Friedrich Rebbe was the Nasi Hadar and the Rebbe of all the Yidin. And when he comes somewhere, that's, that's where the... That, that's why it's called Beis Rabbeinu Shebebavel, the house, the shul of the Rebbe in Bavel. And... Because the Friedrich Rebbe came here to 770, this is where the Shekhinah is until Mashiach comes. And the Rebbe also goes on to explain, because we know that we are the generation that Mashiach comes, so it doesn't move to another shul. This is 770, is the final place where the Shekhinah will return, and from 770, it will move back to Yerushalayim, take it from Yad Mamish. Amen. Okay. So answered. So let's talk a little bit about the physical reality of 770 as it is today. When you say expand 770, we're working back from a context. We're saying we're expanding 770. It must be because the current state of 770 is not enough. Absolutely. So let's talk about that. In, in, in what ways is, to your understanding, based on your research, based on your conversations, based on, obviously, your experiences as somebody who lives in, this, in, in the Shechina, goes to 770, I also I have my own experiences of it. But from your perspective, what does 770 need that it doesn't have right now? So 770 today, we'll start from the very basic physical, like, you know, Begashmius and then there's Beruchnius. And Begashmius, if you go to 770 on any given day, you'll see that 770 has no room. There's no space there for someone who wants to have a decent experience in a shul, wants to sit down, learn, daven, even if he just wants to meet up with a friend or he sees a friend there and sit down for bring a little, 770 does not have that. It's not available. And that forces people to go find somewhere else to go. And especially when 
it reminds me of different little stories that, for example, this past Hanukkah, I took my, two of my children to a menorah lighting in 770. And it was so packed, it was dangerous. And I was worried for my kid's health. He was crushed. So were all the other kids in Shul. And there were also hundreds of women that couldn't even make it into the Shul for the menorah lighting. And I remember the experience and the hopelessness that I came here to try to give my kids a nice experience for Hanukkah. I could have gone on, on a trip with them, you know, maybe to go see, to go ice skating or who knows what you can do at Hanukkah with, Concert, with your kids. A, a manure lighting in Central Park, something. Right. I wanted to show them 770. I wanted to give them the holiness, the experience of the manure lighting. And it was a disaster. My kids didn't know where to put themselves. And I, I had one kid on my shoulder, and... So that kid could breathe more Hashem. Yeah, so he was able... <laughs> <laughs> and he was able to see something. The other kid was... I, I couldn't do anything with him, so he was... He didn't see a thing, and he's just crushed. And when we came out of the Monero lighting, I hear another kid, some other kid, speaking to his sister, and he tells his sister, I was just in the worst place I've ever been in my life. And when you hear that from a little kid that went into 770... This hurts, and it's that, that's the reality of what we're dealing with in 770. And it's not just the Monero lighting. This happens. Tishrei is, never mind, everyone <laughs> knows this for many years, that Tishrei is unreal. It's like there's no way to explain the, it, it's, it's actually a danger. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Islam, I, I, Hashem I, should continue to watch us. I mean, I think ever since Miron, I think people have become a little more aware of our public spaces and how sometimes they're just disasters waiting to happen, unfortunately. You have to be responsible, and we're not supposed to rely on a miracle. And, uh, for example, Tishrei, one of the most common, one of the things that I remember personally, my own experience, after Mayrev of Shmini Atzeres, so everyone goes home to make Kiddush and to come back for Akafas. So that leaving Shul at that time is one of the most craziest crushes. And I was once leaving Shul with a crush, and it was so dangerous, the doors were breaking, and people were screaming for help. People thought they were going to die. It was, it was so serious. And that's Tishrei. But it's not just Tishrei. It's every single month there's another Yema de Pagra. There's another. And really, besides for the Yema de Pagra, besides for the crush, just the fact that on a regular night, if you want to have a nice experience and learn a little, learn, learn your chitas, learn a mimer with a chavrusa, or even you know, maybe show a guest that came into town, show them a 770, it's, it's an unpleasant place to go. There's nowhere to sit down. There's nowhere to have some space. The other, last night, a friend of mine told me that his daughter, 15-year-old, just went to 770 for some kind of event. And he was hoping that his daughter would, you know, would, would experience 770, would be nice. His daughter came home. He told me this last night. His daughter told him he, she's never going back to 770. It was disgusting. There was no room. She, she didn't feel... So when you, when you, when you have something like this and you, you hear the, the, that even you know, the kids cannot find place, the adults don't have place, this is begashmius. 770 does not, is not providing, it's not accommodating to what it should be. And this is something that the Rebbe specifically speaks about in the Kuntras. He says that because this is a place where everyone wants to come, this is the Rebbe's shul, and, and, it, and it keeps growing. More and more people want to come. 
The Rebbe says we must make sure to accommodate, and there needs to be space. In the beginning of this campaign, a lot of people told me, you shouldn't speak about the space. Just speak about the fact that the Rebbe wanted an expanded 770. So then I said to them, but the Rebbe explains why he wants expanded because <laughs> there needs to be space. So that's... They're that's, very practical. Yeah, it's practical. But that's really where we go also to the Ruchnius, that it's not just a physical thing, meaning it's one thing if... You know, we felt, oh, look, we, we, this place needs more physical space. But what about the fact that it's the Rebbe's shul and how are you supposed to change the Rebbe's shul? You know, and where do you have the right, for example, certain things you can't change, right? Like there's also, even with 770, there were certain things that the Rebbe said cannot be changed. So when it comes to 770, you have to be careful. Like, you know, you can't just expand it just because you want more space. You know, the base of Migdash, right? Uh, has certain measurements. You can't make a make bigger, bigger right. base amigdash if you don't have if if it's not allowed according to halacha. So that's where the ruchnius comes in, where we point out that the Rebbe himself pushed for this expansion. Didn't just push for it once, twice, three times, but actually physically came out and participated in the famous groundbreaking of the expansion. The Rebbe speaks about it also in the Kuntus B'Sabeinah where the Rebbe says that we're talking about such an expansion that it should be like a binyan bias chadash, like a, like a brand new building, to the extent that there should be a cornerstone, that there should be a groundbreaking. A new foundation. Exactly. Now, we don't put down a cornerstone. No one makes a groundbreaking to add a room to a shul, to, to do a renovation to a shul. When you put a, cor- a cornerstone, when you, put, when you make a groundbreaking, it means you're building a new building. This is a type of expansion that's real, it's big, it's, it's serious. It's not just, you know, a quick job to make some more space. Right. We're talking about a new building. So that's the Gashmias. We need it. It does, 770 does not fit. I mean, think about how many years have passed since we've had a real, a serious expansion of 770. And in all those years, Lubavitch has grown by leaps and bounds. It's impossible to put a number on how much Lubavitch has grown since then. Yeah, it's Crown it's Heights immense. has grown, and Lubavitch globally, worldwide, has grown beyond imagination. Meaning compared to, I don't even know what, what the right number would be, if, if you can come up with a percentage of how, <laughs> uh, how, like, and we're talking about since the expansion in 91. So that's how many years? We're talking about 30 years? Talking about 32 years, yeah. Right. So in these, in these 30 years, how much has Lubavitch grown? It's at least doubled, probably tripled. I would say much more. And so, so where, where's the place? How, how is Lubavitch supposed to come to 770? What's funny is that even everyone knows that even a bungalow colony cannot function without a community center, without a place for the people to come together. And this is something also that Bagashmius People always also wonder, they ask me, you know, so why is this so important? You know, like, okay, it's, it's a beautiful project, but there are other problems in the community. There are other things. The, but the fact is that when, when the place where the shul, the center of the community, is lacking, and it's not the way it should be, it affects all the other facets. It affects the whole community in a major way. We can't, we have nowhere to come together. And that's a big problem. And that's the Gashmias, and then there's the Ruchnias, where the Rebbe pushed for this, and the Rebbe physically participated 
in the cornerstone, the groundbreaking of the expansion. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. Just to put my own two cents into it, I can say that I have not considered 770 to be my shoal or Crown Heights shoal in a very long time. I don't think most people my age do. It has not been an option. It has not been a place for us. It has not been a place for me or my friends. For, for, for If Rich Shem and I have children someday, it's not a place where I can imagine bringing them as, as things currently stand. It's not a community show. It happens to be in our community, but it cannot serve the needs of our community as it currently stands. That's a sad thing. Very sad. So That's one of the things that, that also made me get up and do something when I started Baruch Hashem growing my own family. I have five kids, Baruch Hashem, today. And when I realized that I, I tried bringing my kids to shul and it's just not possible, I, I, it really it made me tremble. Like, like what, so what's, what's going to be? I mean, and it's, it's beautiful to have your own shul, to have a local shul. I'm not, I'm not against a local shul having, you know, your shul that you go to. The same way, if you think about it, everyone has their local rabbi. Everyone has their mashpia, their rabbi. But then everyone also has a rebbe. And you need a rebbe. And the same thing applies to a shul. It's a good thing to have your own shul, to have a local shul. But there's also got to be the shul where you can come, the rebbe's shul, Lubavitch's shul, where you can come and bring your family and your friends, whether it's once a week, whether it's, you know, a lot of these local shuls don't really have minyanim every day of the week. Most yeah, and even if they do, but it might not fit your schedule. Right. But are you coming to 770 to daven those? Daven, you know, not necessarily, because it's just not your shul. You don't feel comfortable there. There's no space for you there. And this, all of these types of things really get opened up once there's an expanded shul and there's room for everybody to find their place. That's, that all of that can change. So let's zoom out and look back a little bit about the history of 770 as, as, as a physical location. You're not a professor of history or architecture, so I'm not going to ask you to come up with you know, exact dates and, and square footage and design and architects. And that. Just from, to your knowledge, what is the story of 770 as a physical place from, from the beginning to its various phases of construction and expansion to, to today? Yeah, so... Obviously, without, without looking in, into, there, there is, by the way, if someone wants to look into it, their, their hair, their, their hair magazine did a beautiful job on giving the whole history of all the expansions. Do you so, know which issue this is? Which issue? Well, I do have it also linked on the website, expand770.com. You go there, there's a, a tab for resources, and you can go there and see the history of the expansions. But without looking at it, and as I can tell you in general, the history was that first 770 was just the original 770 building and, you know, the, the building where the Rebbe's office... The corner building. Right. The, 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 no, not, not the corner. The, the, the three-point Okay, building. got it. I'm sorry. Right, the the, the, point the actual 770. The actual 770. Building. Right, okay, yes. right. And uh, there was no room. And the Rebbe pushed, we need to expand. We need to make room. And eventually they spilled out into the, 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 where now is that like ramp where you'll see a lot of videos where the Rebbe's car pulls up, where Label Groner's office. So that, that used to not be there. There used to be like a courtyard, a chutzer. So it moved out into there. And then eventually the building next door, the apartment building, which now the office building, so that was purchased and then 770 slowly moved into that building as well. For, it was done over, I think, three sections. First, it was the original, the first section. It's hard to explain it without looking at <laughs> pictures. 
most people listening will have an idea of what you're talking about. Right. So there was, for a while, it was just the one, you know, one section of that building. Then there was a, the second one until it went all the way to Kingston Avenue. And then in 91, I believe, it also moved into under the women's section where we know it as it is today, as well as the porch, the women's section porch and the ramps um, and the bathrooms downstairs were also uh, built by that expansion. Yes, and all these expansions also were pushed by the Rebbe in a major way. It was, it, they were not easy. The expansions were not easy, and the Rebbe would push and even used pretty drastic words. There's a famous Fabrengen where the Rebbe put his foot down about expansion. Basically, in, the, in those years, there was no room for a Fabrengen to happen in 770. So they were davening there, but when there was a, a big Fabrengen, like a Yudbeis Thomas Fabrengen, they would rent a hall. And the Rebbe at a certain Yudbeis Thomas, uh, Yudbeis Thomas Tavshin Yudtes, I know that date because we, we made a flyer bringing the, the words of the Rebbe in that Sicha, where the Rebbe uses unbelievable, like scary words about this whole thing. And the Rebbe puts his foot down and he says, I am done for bringing in rented halls. I will only for bring in 770 from now on. And if you want a for bringing that fits people, then you better expand it. Get it done. Get it done. And the Rebbe is, is, is crying about the fact that everywhere else in the world, they, 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 they figure it out. They know how to, to make a bigger place to accommodate. But over here in the, in the Dalit Amis of the, of the Friedrich Rebbe, where we're trying to come to Fabring. And, and say a word of the, uh, to, to, to give over a word of the Friedrich Rebbe, to daven, to learn, there's no room. And over there the Rebbe says that we need to expand and, and, uh, it's like, oh, it's you based on Tav Shachaf? Tav Shachaf, not, sorry, I said you test. But over here, yeah, so we, we actually put a few quotes on the website from that thing. And uh, the, Rebbe, the Rebbe over there also says that the, I'll say in Yiddish, und die Terutzen, was jeder ertracht bei sich, als das ist zu M kein Scheiches nicht, und das ist Scheiches zu erzweiten, ist doch Jedua, als das ist die Inyanin, was sie bersehe, ist Charev geworden, und Achman, und das ist der Beis Amikdash, mit der Seifel und der Seifel Jahren zurück, und mich allein nicht nur bei Beis Amikdash bejammer, wie es Kiel und Nechrev bejammer. In English, Rebbe says that all the excuses that everyone is thinking by him, to, to himself, that this, this, uh, that this is not... Uh, this is not applicable. That's to, not my job. It's not my responsibility. It's not my job. It belongs, it's someone else's business to expand 770. The Rebbe says, it is known that these are from the reasons that Rahman al-Islam, the Beis HaMikdash, was destroyed. Where everyone felt, oh, it's not me. I don't have to worry. Someone else is going to deal with it. And then the Rebbe says, and we know that whoever doesn't rebuild the Beis HaMikdash in his days, it's as if it was destroyed in his days. Which also reminds us how the Rebbe spoke about by, by another Febring in years later, that each of us have to really realize on any, on any specific day, if we did not accomplish the rebuilding of the Beis HaMikdash today, it's as if the Beis, the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed today. And that's what we know about the Karavel Taint. And with, with Karavel Taint, the, the Rebbe screams and the Rebbe says, any Yid, even the most lighthearted Yid, who makes a joke out of everything, or the Yid with the most stone-cold heart, if, a, if this Yid saw the Beis HaMikdash burning in front of his eyes, who wouldn't caravelt? Who wouldn't turn over the whole world in order to stop this from happening? 
And therefore, the Rebbe is, is, is urging that every single person should take it seriously and take it personally. This is my personal... I need to, I need to worry about this. It's my responsibility to get this done. And the Rebbe put this concept on expanding 770. The Rebbe made it equal. It's the same thing. Another quote from that Fabrengen, that the Rebbe says that we know that the Baal Shem Tev teaches us that whenever you see a chesadun in someone else, whenever you see something wrong with someone else, it's all, you're really looking at a mirror. You're really looking at your own chesadun. And then, therefore, the Rebbe says, so really the truth is that, and the Rebbe blames himself. The Rebbe says, if I, if I wasn't farkvetched, if I, if I wasn't mitzumtzum, and I had a, a broader approach, then the expansion would have happened a long time ago. And the Rebbe says, then, by The Rebbe says that if I would have had the proper expansiveness, then already a long time ago, the entire New York would have been a Beis HaMikdosh HaShlishi. And in that Fabreng, the Rebbe also says that, we, that this place should be a place that should be able to hold 5,000 people, 10,000 people, and then the Rebbe says even 600,000 Neshamas Klalias, and then, and then Neshamas Pratias as well. So we're talking about, this is something that really, and this is not just at the, this is not at the end. This is not the Kuntzubis Rabbeinu Shabbavavl. This was a Sicha and Tafshel Chaf, where the Rebbe is pushing for expanding, and it's everyone's responsibility. Stop blaming another person for it. Stop waiting for someone else to take care of this issue. This is your issue. So this is something that really, it's sh- shocking. It's shocking that nothing, that we haven't done anything for this for this problem in all this time, for so long. And the truth is, I don't necessarily blame anyone specific, because I do understand that we've been through a lot. Labavitch has been through a lot in the last 30 years. But it's time that we don't just bandage our wounds. It's time for us to, to really take initiative and do what we got to do. And this is something that must be done to wait around and to say we'll, we'll, we'll deal with it eventually is just not the way it's not the way that the Rebbe ever looked at anything that needs to be done especially something like this and talking about also how the Rebbe compared it to the Beis HaMikdash in Kuntzish Beis HaMikdash I've counted and there might be more but I counted six times in the Kuntzish that the Rebbe says that the Beis HaMikdash Ashlishi will actually come first to 770 and then it will move to Yerushalayim. Because the Rebbe explains, because this is where the Shekhinah moved from the Churban after the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, so when the Shekhinah returns to the Yidin with the Geula, it comes, it, this is where it is. It's, it, this is. it's sitting here in this Beis HaMikdash. This is point of departure. Yes, so it will first come here, and then from here it will move to its place in Yerushalayim. So this is also something that really should talk to not just every Lubavitcher, every single Yid, should realize this is something that doing this, expanding 770, and the Rebbe also says that doing this project, getting involved, and every year getting involved, actually is the preparation that brings down and reveals the Beis HaMikdash HaShlishi. So this is what we're all davening for. We, every Yid says this prayer a few times a day. Yeah. So we have, we have it sitting right here. We have the instructions of the Rebbe how to bring the Beis HaMikdash HaShlishi down. What are we waiting for? Let's switch gears and get personal. So you, Slavic Jacobson, 
who are you and why is this your mission and why should people listen to you specifically on this? And it, it sounds like a disrespectful question, but I think it's a question that and someone who steps up and chooses to take responsibility for something like this, I think it's a fair question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So who am I? I'm no one. I'm just another guy. I'm just like you, and I'm just like him. I'm not a shliach, I'm not a rav, I'm not a mashpia. I'm just a yid, just a Lubavitcher who grew up here in Crown Heights, and that's exactly why I'm the one doing this, because this mission and this project is not reserved for someone special. It's not reserved for some person sitting in an office some executive, that's the whole point, that the Rebbe is begging everybody to get involved in this. And therefore, it's specifically someone like me who's able to inspire people to realize this is not, stop waiting around for someone else to take charge here, for someone else to take action. This is something that every one of us should be getting involved with. Just like I got involved in this, everyone should get involved in it. And people sometimes ask me, how's your campaign doing? But it's not my campaign. Imagine someone came over to you and told you, how's your Tefillin campaign doing? How's Mifsa Tefillin coming along? How's your... Like, Mifsa Tefillin does not belong to me, as well as the same way Expand 770 does not belong to me. I, I did go and, and start an organization called Expand 770 Inc. for the sake of making a tumult, making it really move to the next, to the next stage in order to be able to collect funds to actually do it in, in a way where it's not just on my free time that I could actually collect a donation where someone is paying for this to, 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 get, to move along. Yeah, let's, let's get everybody involved. Let's, let's make this happen. So, uh, yeah, so that, that's, if I, if I answered, uh, yeah. if you wanted something else, no, I mean, we that's can... That's it. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the answer. So you found that Expand 770. You said about five months ago? Yeah. Months ago. So what does it do? What is the organization? What are its past activities? What's the plan? What's the goal? What's on the agenda for the future? Right. So at the end of the day, we don't, this organization does not own 770. We have no jurisdiction on actually expanding 770. What we could do and what our mission is, is to promote and encourage the expansion of 770. And that's what we're looking to do in any way possible. We're trying to meet with people, trying to create a buzz, trying to get people involved, to inspire people to realize that this is something that must be done. This is something that everyone should take an interest in. Everyone should be able to help out. We are trying to provide a platform where people are able to actually promote and encourage the expansion of 770. So we have the website where the website has initiatives that people are able to check out which initiative works for you, something that you're able to, how you're able to help expand 770. So this is, we're here to, you know, help people get involved. We're here to raise awareness about the need and about the possibility. We're here to try to find answers where people got stuck. We're here to try to bring people together to the table to meet and to figure out how do we take things to the next step. And at any point, if, if whoever is in charge does ask us to take it to the next level and 
actually get involved in the actual expansion, we're ready for that as well. But as of now, what we're able to do is promote it, to encourage it, to make a koch, to bring the awareness, to advocate for, for it. So awareness campaigns have a very well-established and, and good track record. A lot of them are done well, they do good things. But just to dig down to the nitty-gritty, let's talk about the actual like, mechanism of action that you see, your mission and your goal and the way you see things unfolding. Let's say you're successful. Exxon 770 is successful in reaching the Reuvam, and people know about it and are excited about it. What happens next? People are excited and therefore what? What happens? Who, what decision maker gets affected? What legal issue gets resolved? What money problem gets resolved? It, what do you see as the, as the mechanism of going from awareness and excitement and passion and chayas to excavators and cranes rolling up to the site? Right. So for me to give a, an actual, like, I, can, I can guess, I can theorize of how things can play out. But the truth is, what we're dealing with also, and this is something that I recognize and I, I believe is the only way to approach this, is that we're de- what we're dealing with, being that it's 770, it's not just a, a building that we're, it's not just a random building that we're trying to get expanded. It's, it's a holy thing. It's, a, it's, it's the Beis HaMikdash. And therefore, when it comes to the Beis HaMikdash, we don't know. We don't know how it plays out. The actual Beis HaMikdash Ashlishi is supposed to come down from heaven. We are supposed to do whatever we can to make that happen, but the way it actually will come about, time will tell. And Hashem has his plans how things will work out. Now, what I'm hoping for, I think the, the, the best case scenario is that the people who have the permission to actually expand 770 come to the table, the people with the money to fund the expansion come to the table, and together we make a plan and we go ahead and we build 770. That is technically a very easy thing. It doesn't, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to make that happen. It happens all over the world. Every shliach expands his Chabad house. Every business is constantly expanding. This is the way the world works. And are there issues? There's always issues. Every business has issues. Every shul has issues. Actually, I'm in touch with uh, Hamish, a guy that his mission is to help shuls expand. And he contacted me already a while ago, even before this organization was started, because a few years ago, I started a, a petition. I tried getting signatures. Everybody should sign which is still available for people to join and, and sign the petition to expand 770. And this wonderful fellow, he reached out to me, and since then he's been in touch, and he calls, and he wants to get updates, he wants to strategize, he has ideas. His mission is to help Shul's expand. And I once asked him, I said, how come we're stuck? What's different by every other Shul, by every other cries? You know, they're, they're building massive Shul's. Yeah. I mean, these are hundreds of millions of dollars in these projects. I mean, we all know about the famous, the Belzer Beis HaMikdash yeah. in Eretz Yisrael, in Yerushalayim. Then, but it's not just that anymore. There's many other shoals that already have followed and massive projects. So I said, I asked him, what's happening? How, how, come, how come they're they're pulling it off? And he told me, and he's involved. He's been involved in these things. He said, every other shoal also has lots of issues. But by the other shuls, they have a Rebbe. 
that's pushing them to make it happen. And because there's a Rebbe by all of them, pushing them, you got to get it done, you got it. So that makes everybody go beyond all these issues and push through it and make it happen. And when I, when I heard it, it actually hit me hard because he's a Hamish guy, he's not a Lubavitcher guy. And maybe he didn't realize what he was telling me, but when a Lubavitcher hears that by the other people, they have a Rebbe and their Rebbe pushes them and that's how they get it done. And I'm like in my head, I'm like, we also have a Rebbe, hello. We have a Rebbe. And we do. And every Lubavitcher knows we have a Rebbe. And, and the Rebbe is pushing us. So it's about time that we heed the Rebbe's call. It's about time that we really answer the Rebbe's call and step up to the plate and do what the Rebbe has been pushing us to do. The Rebbe pushed us and pushed us till his last times that he spoke to us. The Rebbe spoke about this. The Rebbe, this Kuntus Beis Aminashub Abba was published. If I, it was published in Cheshvan, which I think is three months before the Rebbe's stroke. Cheshvan Tafshinun Beis is when this Kuntus came out. This is not something that was put away on the shelf. That, that, was, that was like something oh, that the Rebbe like got over. The Rebbe did not get over this. It, the, 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 the groundbreaking happened in 1988. And this is something that was just never completed. I mean, we started it. The groundbreaking started the project where, where we have that, that porch on the outside of the women's section and the bathrooms downstairs, the foundation work. It was started, but it's time for us to continue where we left off. You know, similar to story of Purim. Kimu Masha Kimu Yeah, Kimu Masha So we we you know we started the project. We and and by the way, most of Lubavitch actually took part in that project. Almost every Lubavitcher that you talk to, he'll tell you that he gave money to get that expansion started. But it's time to take that expansion and pull it through, take it home. So on that note, let's talk through some of the objections, common issues people bring up when you tell them it's expand 770. They say, oh, it's impossible because X, Y, Z can't work. Let's start with the famously the Arabist said that 770 has to be expanded, but the shul can never actually close. So that's a real construction challenge. What's the solution to that issue? The way I see it is this is something that if you look at, if you look at the world around you, there's plenty of places out there that cannot close. And they've and, and it happens every single day. You can go to an airport, for example, and they have airports that are under construction and the airport has to function. And it takes them a long time sometimes and it takes a lot more money to make it normal and to make it you know, uh, possible for it to function while they're under construction. And somehow they pull it off. And what's funny is the past expansions of 770, <laughs> I mean, so you don't have to even have to go to an airport. The actual 770 itself has been through this. We've expanded 770 while it was functional. Then another one comes to mind is the, the, the bridges. I mean, I remember Brooklyn Bridge was under construction for like a few years, but it was functional. Every day, Brooklyn Bridge was open to the public. They had certain hours. I, th I think they worked at night on the Brooklyn Bridge, and then they, they would close like maybe half of it or something. Right. Yeah, so this is something that it's not, we don't have to go and, and reinvent the wheel. There's, and I'm sure there are plenty of architects out there that know how to do this. The next objection would be about space, which is considering the lot and the square footage that 770 actually has under its legal possession, depending, assuming we know what people actually own, which is I'm sure it's not so, not so simple itself. 
how much bigger can we actually get? Meaning if we go into and we spend untold millions of dollars and we turn over the world and we spend 770, how much more space can we actually get? Well, very easily, 770 could be expanded to Union. And that's already double the size of current 770. 770 right now goes to half of the block, the block that's from Eastern Parkway to Union. That other half from where 770 ends going to Union is already double the size of, of current 770. Now, technically, once you go into Union, you can already go all the way back. I mean, the proper 770 the, with the three points, that building, as far as I understand, the Rebbe forbid anyone to touch that building. But, one, but behind the building of 770, there are regular, you know, just private properties. Once you go till Union, you could already continue going further behind the original 770, and then you could even wrap around. So technically, in the, in the long-term goal, 770 could be expanded as far as the entire square block, as far as I understand. And once we go there, <laughs> the sky's the limit. And you see, in the, if I bring it, I mentioned before, you'd base Thomas Tavshachaf, the Rebbe says that if it was up to him, the entire New York would have already been the Beis HaMikdash HaShlishi. So... The entire New York is in our vision. <laughs> so let's talk about money then. Is there, are the funds out there to do this? We're talking something in the neighborhood of, of tens of millions of dollars, conservatively. Are the funds out there? That brings to mind the famous uh, joke where a certain shul had a, had a flood and the rabbi gets up the next week and he says, we have good news and bad news. The good news is we have all the money we need to fix it. Bad news is it's still in your pockets. So the funds are there, and that's why if you'll speak to anybody about when it comes to money, most people will tell you money's not an issue, money's not an issue, because the truth is, Baruch Hashem, Lubavitch is Reich. (laughs) (laughs) And not just Lubavitch, there are plenty of Yidin out there that are begging to give money to 770 to to expand. Everyone loves Lubavitch. Lubavitch is all over the world, helping the whole world. Everyone recognizes this. And everyone recognizes that 770 is the headquarters of all these Chabad houses all over the world. So this headquarters affects the whole world. It affects the entire Jewish population, you know, the global Jewish population when, when 770 is expanded. So there's plenty of money waiting to go into this. The problem is, and this is why I, when people tell me money is not an issue, I tell them money is an issue because it's still in the pockets. And uh, this is something we have to really inspire people to be willing to come forth and pledge the money. Give the money. If you have money and you believe that 770 should be expanded, then you should, you should be pledging money. And this is actually something that we're hoping to pull off. Hopefully in the, ne- in, the ne- in the near future, we are going to ask for people to put up pledges. Being that I, like I mentioned before, I don't have any jurisdiction to actually expand 770. I'm not allowed to collect any funds to the actual expansion, but I could ask for people to pledge to the actual expansion. Yeah. A pledge is just a pledge. And so I, hopefully in the near future we will be maybe even putting up a platform on the website where people can put, put up their pledge. And what I'm hoping is that people with money, the people, the philanthropists, the, the people that have means should come forth and say that I'm willing to give this and this much money and this helps the whole project as well. Makes it real. It's it makes it real. There's, there's it real shows that here. this is something that this is not just a it's dream. Shopping. Yeah. And every, you know, th- actually we do have, there was a, 
a certain person a few months ago who came over to me and told me that he loves what I'm doing. I shouldn't stop. And he said, because of what you're doing, I'm pledging a million dollars to the expansion. And wow. that was also a big celebration because it was proof of concept <laughs> that what we're doing is <laughs> this is something real. It's making an impact. But he's, he was the first one, the, first, the Nachshim Aminad of, of the pledges. And uh, God willing, there will be much more. And that's really another thing that really we're hoping to move into, into that front of really bringing up the pledges and showing that this is something that's real. It's what's the word that they use in, in business? <laughs> it's actionable. Actionable, sustainable. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, when it comes to people with money, and the reason why you'll find that a lot of people still have it in their pockets is because I believe that naturally, even if you feel that you want to help a certain cause, I think the way, the way we're built, our nature is that if we find an issue, so that even if I, I love your cause, you know, but if I find an issue, it's like you got to, you got to first deal with the issue, then I'll bring the money. You know, no one wants to lose their money, right? No one wants to put their money in a mess. And that's understandable. And that's when, when it comes to 770, very often when I'll come to people with money, they'll bring up an issue and they'll tell me, first deal with this issue. If you can deal with this issue, then you have all the money, you know, uh, for example, I'll give you a ridiculous example. Someone came over to me and tells me, what's, what do you, what's holding you back? What do you need? I said, well, are you willing to give money? Are you willing to pledge money? And he tells me, I'm willing to mortgage my house and give you all the money on the mortgage. I'm like, okay, let's go ahead. He said, first, I need you to get so-and-so out of his office. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, but no thanks. So, you know, everyone has, everyone has certain hang-ups. People have certain feelings. There's also the past you know, there's a lot of history where, with relationships or shittis or things that have happened to, pers to people personally or things that have happened in 770 in the past. All these issues really, I think, even, even though people want to help 770 expand, they still hope that we can first deal with those issues and then they'll give the money. What I'm hoping with this campaign is to accomplish one of two things, either that we inspire people to get involved in this project, the right people who can actually solve those issues. Because for me to solve every issue, I'll, I'll be, this is something, in the beginning I was actually trying to solve every issue, but then I realized I'm never going to get around to actually working on expanding 770 because each issue is a world for itself and, and you get lost. So I started calling them traps because <laughs> for me those issues were traps. But the truth is that there are people out there and especially with the power of the, of the masses, the power of a lot of people, there are people out there that if they got together and they really cared, and I'm also willing to sit down with them and, and work on these issues, then maybe we could deal with all those issues. So that's one thing. Or the other thing I'm trying to hope, hopefully accomplish is that even before we deal with these issues, that we somehow will transcend these issues, that we'll be able to go beyond them. Just like with what that Hamish guy told me, that all the other shuls out there that expand, they also have issues. But what, what gets them through it is that they have a Rebbe that's pushing them to expand their shul. And I'm hoping that here also we could transcend these issues and realize that the Rebbe is pushing us to expand 770 and therefore we must look beyond those issues. Not to say that we have to just let those issues sit forever, 
if someone is able to deal with those issues, please let's deal with them, let's solve them. But let's not let them get that get it get in the way. There's I I really believe there is no issue. All the issues that 770 might have, there is no issue that's big enough to say that expansion has to wait for that issue to to pull through, for that issue to solve. Because expanding 770 is so important. It's so vital and it's dangerous. I believe it's dangerous to us. It's dangerous to our community, to our kids, and to, and to Lubavitch worldwide. It's dangerous to not expand 770. It's, it's unhealthy. It's, it, there's, there's, there's situations, like we, like we mentioned before, where we're relying on miracles. That's one. And it's also dangerous, Baruchnius. If 770 is neglected, this is similar, to, and the Rebbe, the Rebbe himself said it, it's similar to the Churban Beis HaMikdash. And when there's, when there's a Churban Beis HaMikdash, then everyone's, the, the world suffers from that. Thank you. Thank you for your time. We really appreciate you coming down. And uh, we're going to see serious progress with this. Amen. We're all counting on you, Levik. <laughs> I'm counting. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If you're counting on me, no, then. Of course, of course. No, look. <laughs> that means that you're going to get involved. For sure. <laughs> but thank you. You did get involved, really. Thank you, Sean Bear. This is really beautiful that you invited me here tonight. And I wish you success with, with the podcasts. I think it's a beautiful thing. I mean, and I know you, you as a person, you're a great <laughs> man. And okay. But when the, the fact that you invited me to talk about expansion, this is itself what I'm, what I'm hoping everyone sh- can get involved, where everyone can realize there is a way for me to help the expansion. Like, just like you realize that you have a podcast, so you can help the expansion by inviting me to talk about expansion on the podcast. So thank you very much. And hopefully everybody learns by example. And even before everyone learns by example, we should merit the expansion of 770 immediately, along with the Beis Hamikdash Hashlishi, with Mashiach Gula Mitzvah Hashlishi, Gula Mitzvah Shleima. Take it from Yad Mamish. Amen, amen. And with that, a good night. Thank you so much. Thank you again to Leva Jacobson for joining us on the Crown Heights Insider. That was a fun conversation for me to have and record. I hope it was fun for you to listen to. I also hope it was insightful and inspiring. I found it to be those things personally. I feel pretty inspired right now having listened to it again. Yeah, look, there's people who have a vision of what's possible and who don't get dragged down by all the ways things can't work. It can be pretty inspiring. And I know I feel pretty inspired right now. So thank you again to Leva for joining us. If you have a question or a comment or a concern that you'd like Levik to respond to, send us an email at podcast.crowdhouse.info and we will try to get Levik to respond to it on our wrap-up episode. As always, a like, and share, and subscribe to the podcast. That's how we grow. That's how we have an impact. So thank you for joining us tonight and looking forward to seeing you again next week. Come in the car, I say, Behold.